Welcome to the CFK Nutrition Podcast. My name is Kate. We are going to talk a little bit about what is happening in 2024. It's currently December 29th. This episode is going to be released at some point over the weekend and then boom, Monday, 1st of January. Now, before everyone gets their knickers in a twist, (laughs) we don't have to have it all figured out on January 1st. You don't have to start everything or the new habits or the goals. It doesn't have to begin on that day. And in fact, you might totally ruin your chances of success if you try and do it all at once. You're better off to start making some small changes and gradually increase the, I guess, intensity. So begin with something small, do something doable. What we are starting with at CFK Nutrition, and anyone can join in with this, is starting Monday all the way through till Sunday, we're doing an 8,000 steps per day challenge. What I like about this is everybody talks about 10,000 steps. 10,000 steps is a made up number. (laughs) It is the most arbitrary of arbitrary numbers. It was a pedometer. The highest number of steps that it could go to was like 9,999. And so the goal was 10,000 steps. Now in research, what we see is that people that are sedentary, simply moving and getting about 2,500 steps can be incredibly beneficial. And then once we get to like 7,000 steps, that is where some people just nailing it. That is peak benefit. We have some people see continued benefit going up to even 9,000 steps, but beyond that, there's really no additional benefit. So if we sit in the middle ground, that 8,000 steps mark, it's a really nice goal. It's not too many, but you will have to be deliberate about it. So what this could look like is two 20 minute walks, 20 to 30 minute walks. One of them could be inside on a treadmill at the gym if they've got one. And one of them could be outside. I recommend wearing a watch. This means you don't always have to have your phone on you. If you don't have some kind of tracker or Garmin or something that counts your steps, then just do it with your phone. But it's good to include the movement that you're doing just going around your day-to-day life, just knowing what that is. You know, at the gym, I don't have my phone on me, but actually I was chatting to one of the guys today who tracks the steps and he says that at the gym, he can get like 1500 steps. So that's pretty significant. So make sure that you are including that. It's not necessarily 8,000 steps just walking. It's 8,000 steps, including all the other movement that you're doing. So if you can do it with a watch, that's going to be a really nice way to track it. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom, get away get seven days of tracking your steps. That is going to be the only thing that we are looking at doing. What I liked about this challenge is it's nothing to do with food (laughs) or training. So you can do whatever you need to do and just bring in something positive. And that is like how I like to go about making any changes with my lifestyle. I bring something in that I want to do more of rather than taking something away. As soon as I take something away, I immediately operate from a scarcity mindset and I fixate on that thing. And it feels hard. I feel a lot of resistance. I overthink it. I'm really focused on what what I can't do and feeling bad because I want to do it. And so rather than trying to forcefully pull negative behavior or particular foods away, I just bring in so much good stuff that it kind of organically pushes the bad stuff out because there's just no room. You haven't got time to eat crap because you're so full of like delicious carbs, veggies, fat, protein that you're like, I actually don't feel like the takeouts anymore because I'm good. If you just focus on cooking more at home and like, I really want to get better at cooking at home, like that might be the skill or the thing that you want to focus on for the 
back end of January or maybe in February so that you can bring something in rather than taking things away. That is how I like to create change in my life. And that is one of the big kind of pieces of this challenge. So 8,000 steps a day starting on the first. We've got a little downloadable image so that you can screenshot it and post it on your social media and check off the day. So you can use your little drawing pen on Instagram or you can use a emoji or a gif or something to mark off the days. Now we've put one week in there. That's the challenge, but I've actually got two weeks on that calendar for that little image. So if you want to keep going, you got a bonus week. Now you might not do every day and that is okay. I want you to get really good at seeing that getting one tick is better than none. Getting two is even better. Getting three, that's awesome. So while we have the goal of doing it every day, and that's the challenge, remember that the, that's the challenge. That's the challenge for a reason because it's going to be hard, right? And so missing a day doesn't mean that you've failed. It means that you got six days and missing two days means you got five days and that's great. That's a win. What would you have done otherwise? Fucking none, right? So I want you to be okay with missing a day. If you miss a day, it's all right. And across the two weeks, it's likely you'll have to miss a day, okay? I am traveling next Thursday. I fly to LA. And then two days later, I fly to Jamaica and I'll be traveling for like the flight just from LA to Jamaica is two three-hour flights and then a, you know, a um what do you call it? A layover, a layover in the middle. So if I'm going to be walking, I'm going to be walking around up and down an airplane or walking around an airport. So I might even miss it. Okay. This is my challenge. I might miss a day, but I'm totally okay with that because in order to make this something long, sustainable, something I can actually adhere to, I have to allow myself to have wiggle room and to fuck up and it's okay. And it's not the end. I'm going to focus on the days that I get rather than the days that I miss. And every day that I get is a win. Every day is an accomplishment when I get it. And if I don't get it, it's okay. Building on that, the days that I know that I might not get it, I'm still going to try because getting 4,000 steps or 2,000 steps is still better than nothing. Okay. So you might not hit the 8,000 and that's all right. In fact, you might even adjust the challenge and make it 5,000 steps a day. If you're someone who is pretty sedentary, maybe you're back at work and you're sitting around, maybe you haven't got the ability to walk very far for, because of an injury or something along those lines, or maybe you're not allowed to walk at all. Maybe you've got plantar fasciitis or some other thing going on and you need to adjust. You might make it, hey, I'm going to do 5K on a bike every day, something else. Okay. Replace it. Just give yourself some kind of daily goal that you can work towards accomplishing to just get yourself onto this like nice rhythm at the beginning of the year. So that is the first thing that we've got coming up. Now, what else is exciting about the first of the first 2024 is that we open our books 48 hours only. We have a little bit of a limit on spots. Um, it, I don't think it will affect us. However, it could. It could mean that not everybody who signs up will be able to get in, um, which if that happens, you won't be able to sign up. I will just close the signups. Um, it just depends on how quickly we fill the spots that the coaches have got available. Um, so it, it kind of depends. I would recommend signing up as soon as possible. If you're listening to this podcast and you're on the emails, you can already sign up. Okay, that's a little secret that I haven't told Instagram <laughs> or social media. You can go onto the website and you can sign up and you can choose your start day. So you can make your start day Monday the 1st. And I can assign you to your coach when, even on Sunday, so that you can get in and get your call booked in to get started with them. So if you are planning on signing up, I highly recommend 
you do that now. Go to cfkate.com. You'll see it's just the nutrition page. Or if you want to go straight to the landing page, cfkate.com slash cfknutrition. And you can sign up there. There's three options. Go have a look at them. All the prices are there. The information, if you have questions, just submit the little question box at the bottom and, and I can get back to you. Okay. I'm on those emails at the moment. So I'm going to, I'm going to be checking them consistently, constantly, just all over it. So, uh, we kick off with that 48 hour window to sign up. And then on the Tuesday night, 5 PM Sydney time. So if you're overseas, if you're in New Zealand, it's two, uh, three hours later. If you're in Perth, it's early for you. If you're overseas somewhere, it's probably going to be the morning for you. So check on that time, 5 PM Sydney time, Tuesday, we have our first masterclass. Masterclass is going to be a game changer this year. I'm really, really excited. And I really want this to become an important piece of why you sign up. I want you to get in this because you want to do the monthly focus as well as have these weekly check-ins with your coach, because it's just going to bring so much. Now we've run different types of masterclasses. We've run different types of courses. I've done additional group coaching on top of weekly check-ins with people. Weekly was too much. And people were like, I'm getting too much information. So we're going to go with monthly. And so every month is going to be a different focus. There's different topics. It ranges from things like January is specifically speaking to growth and setting yourself up to really invest in whatever struggles and challenges and suffering that 2024 brings, that it becomes an opportunity for you to get curious and learn from it and come in with this growth mindset that will really change the way that you take on this year, because we are going to suffer and we are going to face struggle. That is inevitable, but growth is a choice. And there are many people out in the world struggling and suffering and not learning from it and not growing from it. So they struggle for no reason. Maybe we could throw that out there. I'm not going to say that as an absolute answer, but there are many people that are struggling and, and never taking anything away from it, never figuring their shit out. And you've got an opportunity to do that if you've got the skills and if you've got the tools. So let me give you those tools. We're going to do our masterclass and you get a monthly workbook. It's going to be some drills, there's some journaling, there's just some writing. It's a process that you go through and it's going to, it's just going to elevate your experience and elevate your growth. <laughs> using the G word a lot. Uh, let's, let's switch it. Elevate your development, self-development, your own uh, learnings about yourself. And it's just going to be really cool, especially because you're going to be in a group and you're just going to be around other people that are going through the same thing, that are getting the coaching with their nutrition and lifestyle, um, as well as the group stuff. So get the most out of it. Sign up, do it. It's not an additional cost. It is included in membership, which is really cool. So do it, sign up January 1st. We will not reopen again until February. So that's what's coming. It's going to be a really exciting year. I'm so pumped. Now, I actually wanted to quickly touch on, uh, I actually put up a post about it. It was talking about what you want to be. And I'm just going to read it because I, I'm not even going to say anything more. I'm going to read it. Okay. Don't become who you want to be. That implies there is a gap between who you are and who you want to be. We act like becoming and being are the same thing, but all we do is postpone who we want to become to some distant point in the future. To become, you have to be. You have to be that person in order to become that person. Becoming is simply the gradual process of allowing 
yourself to be. It is not who you are that holds you back. It is who you think you're not. What I loved about this is specifically I was talking about making change. And if you want to change that the person you are now, you have to transition that person into who you used to be. And it begins in your head. It begins in the way that you think and perceive yourself. The things that you do that you're not totally satisfied with, that aren't in alignment with what the results are that you want or the values that you want to align yourself with, they must become the things that you talk about that you used to do, the way that you used to be, because you are no longer that person. Now, there's not a perfect switch into the new person, but just this mindset taking on this shift in perspective and perception of self is that who you are can in an instant become who you used to be. And the quicker you can get into that, it's almost like the narrative and the story of the things that you do now that don't serve you being the things you used to do. I used to be like that. I used to do those things. I don't do those things anymore. The quicker you can get to that, the more you are going to change and become the person that you want to be. And I won't say the more. It's going to accelerate that and it's going to transition you into this new identity because that is what change is. It is changing your identity. So if we can fast track that shift in self-perception, then we can change the behavior really quickly. And a lot of people create this barrier to change because they don't believe that they can do it. So that's where you step in with the, it's not who you are, it's who you think you're not. That's what's really getting in the way. It's your limiting self-beliefs that ultimately undermine your ability to become who you want to be. The people that are like, I just can't do that. It's not for me. I could never do that. I can't take that, make that change. I'm always, I always do this. I'm always like this. The self-sabotage talk, those things are about your self-limiting beliefs, okay? No matter what the circumstances are. The way that you talk about who you are and what you do and the way that you're fixed are going to be the things that will hold you back. Now, does it mean that something might have to change? Quite possibly, right? In order to be who you want to be. In order for the things that you do now to be who they be what you used to do, it's like you might not immediately figure out what it is that you have to do new, but you can begin testing things. And you might find a lot more things that don't work until you find the thing that does work. But it's important that you realize that the second that you start talking about what you do now as being what you used to do, you open yourself up to the opportunity to figure out what works. And you open yourself up to the opportunity to grow and be who you want to be, be and becoming rather than being the same thing. It's like, just be who you want to be. Just be that person now. There doesn't have to be a gap. The only gap that you want is between who you want to be and who you used to be. Rather than I want to become this person, I want to create the gap between I used to be that person. That's all you want to create. So stop talking about yourself like you have to become and you have to step into and you have to try to morph into somebody else. You just have to be that person. And what I really like about that caption was just the line where it says, becoming is simply the gradual process of allowing yourself to be. It is a choice. We are in control, if you believe it. You just have to allow yourself to be that person. And it's going to be uncomfortable. 100% it's going to be uncomfortable. But you can allow it. You can allow the discomfort and work through it and live it. And then you will just simply be it. You're being it. The discomfort is often 
the thing that tells you that you're being who you want to be. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to dive into that for a second because it just felt so powerful to me. And I just, that first line of like, don't become who you want to be. I was like, uh, excuse me. (laughs) I'm sorry. How dare you? But it was like a real little, it was just a nice flip of, you know, like, don't become who you want to be. Just be who you want to be. It was like, of course, of course, you have to believe in the instancy of change in order to change, that it is purely a decision in the moment. And your behavior stems from your thoughts and they create your feelings and they motivate your behavior and then they create your results. So we don't have to take a long time changing and only believe that we've changed when we've got the results. If you do that, you're perpetually going to be stuck in the cycle of failure. You have to believe that change happens in the thought. And when you change the thought, that's what generates the feelings. Then that's what trickles out into the behavior. And then the behavior eventually over time, this is where the patience comes in, the behavior produces the new results. But that's not because that's when the change happened. The change happened a long time ago. You have to change on the inside long before the outside changes, right? Long before your life changes. And whether that's your aesthetics, your performance, muscle, building muscle, (laughs) whatever your relationship is right now, work for you, you have to change on the inside before the results change on the outside. That is critical to understanding your ability to grow and become who you want to be. I wanted to talk a little bit about the coaches that we have and the way that it works. This is important for people that want to work with us. And it's also important for other people that are nutrition coaches. We actually work with a lot of nutrition coaches and it's a really cool experience because they come to us and they come to us with an attitude of, I know the um, value in having a coach and I want a coach and I believe in that. And that's what I practice because I practice what I preach. And I think that's the coolest thing. And it's one of the biggest compliments. So we work with a lot of coaches and I think this will be super valuable for people to understand as well as for the people that come in going like, who's my coach going to be? What's their deal? How do I feel safe with them? How do I trust them? Because, you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients initially actually building trust and making them feel like they are safe and they're being looked after. So I wanted to give this as a little bit of a introduction to the system that we have at CFK Nutrition and what I've kind of built in. So first of all, all of our coaches have been with us for over two years. Um, And that's an important piece of this because we have two different levels. We have our standard coach and we have our senior coach. And what happens is that they can transition from standard to senior and it allows them to make more money and allows them to not work as many hours and have less clients. Um, So it's, it's, it's beneficial to everybody really. Um, but there are requirements that have to be met before they become senior. And we have three elements and this is what's practiced as a standard coach. And then when you kind of get this, get to this point where you've kind of met these specific things, these criteria, we've checked everything off, then you become senior. So everybody who's standard right now is working on these things. The three elements, the three E's, experience, education, and evidence. Experience is the time, the years that you've spent coaching. Now, 
time isn't always the best indicator of experience because you could have worked with one person for two years. And it's like, well, that's probably not going to really give you a lot of diversity to learn from. However, it's an objective measure that allows me to just assess like how many years you've been doing this. And then we can d dive a little bit further. And has it been two years with me? Has it been two years with other companies? What does your actual coaching look like? What's the style that you were doing before you were with me? And, and what did it involve? And we can kind of get into the nitty gritty of like what the actual coaching looked like. But just as a way to measure the time it's a really simple thing to go okay how much experience have you had how long have you been doing this thing and you know as much as it might not be the only indicator of experience and um just being someone who knows what the heck they're doing it is still a great indicator it is still super valuable and i would be more willing to work with a coach who's got 10 years experience than a coach that's just finished a three-year degree on nutrition sciences like the coach that's had 10 years working with people and no degree is honestly going to be the one that just knows their shit knows people now the second e is education so time is important and as i know i just threw the person under the bus that's done the nutrition sciences degree but i don't mean that it was just an example education is still super valuable and so we we essentially um what's the word we uh not value we reward there we go we reward our coaches that pursue further education, whether that is certificates, online courses, uh, doing some kind of mentorship. We've got coaches who have been working with female footy teams. We've got coaches who are working with female uh, like national level basketball teams. So we've got people that are doing some really interesting things out in the world in this, in this industry. So that further education counts for a lot. And it can be things that are specific to nutrition, but it can also be things that are specific to psychology or CrossFit or specific challenges, disordered eating, female hormones, male testosterone levels, supplement supplementation, like anything and everything will typically count as long as it's something that they will actually use in coaching. And then the final E is evidence. This is probably the most important part. Um, at least for our coaches moving from standard to senior is that they've got evidence that they can they can actually do what they say they're going to do so demonstrating the ability to coach effectively and efficiently so no like knowing what to do and then doing it in a in an appropriate amount of time so you know you could have a coach who's really good at knowing what to do but it takes them three years to get there and you could have a coach who's really quick but doesn't get the results, right? Like is really quick at working through whatever the things they're working on with their client. And then at the end of the month of working with them, it's like the results aren't there. So we want both. We want someone who knows what to do and we want them to be able to do it in the right amount of time. So that's one of the kind of big pieces of the puzzle for me. I mean, all three are, but the evidence is the thing where I can really step in and I can really look at what the coaches are doing. And I wanted to create some kind of, ability to assess that was a little bit less subjective because you know it is really hard to look at what people are doing that have multiple personalities that have multiple skills that have different strengths and weaknesses and try to assess whether they should level up or whether they are giving the clients what they need and all those kinds of things so i wanted to find a way to give the coaches and the people that i work with some kind of criteria to reflect upon when they're working with their coach or for my coaches to use when they are working with their clients and know what it is that i'm looking for and what i I expect. Now, some of what has informed this is the CrossFit level one and level two. Um, the CrossFit level two is great. We talk through the six areas of effective coaching or training. 
those specific areas within the CrossFit level two are uh, teaching, seeing, correcting, group management, demonstration, uh, and the attitude and presence or presence and attitude. So those things were kind of a little bit of a, like, I almost use that as a um, starting point because I just liked the, it really covers all your bases um, as a coach. And, you know, coaching is coaching, whether it's CrossFit or nutrition, those two are quite closely related, which works well. Um, but it could be, you know, relationship coaching, it could be working as a leader with a team where you're coaching people in your job. Um, so coaching and working with people requires many of the same skills that overlap, even though what you're teaching and what you're specifically trying to correct could be quite different and more specific to the topic. However, let me walk you through the criteria that I have built out. So when I look at my coaches check-in feedback, so each week a client checks in, and I will look at the feedback and I'll look at it across multiple weeks, across multiple months and just get an idea of what's going on and what the coach is struggling with or not quite getting or what they're doing really well with. And these are the things. There are seven criteria. So one, being good at identifying the underlying problem. So what was important here was that I have coaches that can get to the cause know where the problem stems from rather than treating the symptoms. So we don't end up just putting band-aids on much bigger problems. I need coaches that can get to the heart of the issue really fast and just look at a few red flags and know what's going on really quickly. Two, I want the coaches to be able to express a deep understanding of the individual's experience and share relevant stories and experiences. So there has to be a lot of empathy. Now, the empathy piece is tricky because coaches have to be very good at kind of being bossy, essentially, being good at being the person of authority in this relationship, in this coach-client relationship. They need to be able to motivate the client to make change. However, this is multifaceted. There is a really big piece of understanding when it's hard and knowing how to support that person, as well as knowing when you need to be like, hey, this is what's going down. These are the boundaries <laughs> and like laying down the law. So the empathy is important. However, and this is kind of followed up with number three, is that giving feedback must be direct and actionable. So we have to have the skill as coaches that are working with me of giving feedback that is something that people can actually do. It must be tangible. It can't be vague. It can't be general. It can't be fucking bullshit copied and pasted from the internet. It needs to be specific and it needs to be in direct response to a behavior that's already been exhibited by the client or something that you know the coach knows is going to help their uh, scenario, whatever the circumstances are that they're working through. It has to be specific. It has to be doing, doable. So it has to be something they can actually correct with their behavior. Number four, sharing information or communicating and educating in a way that's really easy to understand. So this is really about communication skills. It's about being good at having a lot of knowledge, but filtering it so that people can digest it. That piece changes how people coach when they get it right. Otherwise you get these formal, uh, like clinical feels like you're reading a report kind of coaching that isn't personal that you can't really make sense of, that doesn't apply. 
that you cannot resonate with. So you'll see that some of these criteria do kind of cross over and overlap a little bit and, and that's deliberate because you can't necessarily have like, you know, one without the other, you need both and they need to be able to cross into one another, one another. So communication skills are essentially there. Number five, writing skills, which, you know, I wrote out as being personal and writing in a conversational manner. I want coaches that actually do connect on that level, that open up, that share, that talk, like they're talking with a friend. That was really important to me. And, and it's something that I look for with my coaches in their feedback. Number six, creating long-term plans or a map, a map of your client's journey. The coaches must know from the first call what the journey is going to look like. And it might change, but they should have like six months. That's what has to happen when you're talking with a coach. The coach is like literally visualizing your whole path. <laughs> That's what I want to see. And so you have to understand what the client needs. And you're managing that journey, right? You're managing where they're going to struggle, where they're going to need a break, where they're going to be challenged, where they can push more. And then the final thing is modeling the behavior. So that is like a massive part of credibility and trust that you uh, exemplify what you're teaching others to do and that you can do the thing that you're asking other people to do. And it's not that you're perfect. Coaches shouldn't be perfect. And in fact, I don't like it when coaches pretend like they're perfect. I want coaches to show the reality and I want them to show what being healthy, being flexible, being a human being that lives a life that is about joy and socializing and family and connecting and eating delicious food or living a fun life where you do fun things with your body. I want that to be included in the whole picture of what they do. Um, so that's a really important piece for me. Those are our seven criteria. That is what I'm looking for when I'm looking at what my coaches are doing with their clients. If you feel unsure about your coach, that might be a starting point for you to assess whether or not you're getting what you need to get. And for coaches out there, use that and have a look at your own feedback and your own coaching and see if you've got skills in all seven areas. That's us. I will see you on the next episode.